So, welcome to our new podcast, Unmuzzled Conversations, with me, Christine, and my brother, Stuart. Hi. Um, the reason uh, for, for our podcast is that we are going to be talking about Glasgow, We're going to be talking about uh, old Glasgow. We are both proud Glaswegians and we want to share with you our experiences of being brought up and living in Glasgow, as well as going back to uh, to World War Two. So we're looking forward to unleashing uh, some of the old Glasgow history with you and sharing that with you. The other reason is that we wanted to try to include um, some of the older citizens in Glasgow uh, into podcasting. Because they're, they're such a big part of the community and I think they're a wee bit left behind. So I felt if we were able to give them some uh, content that they could relate to, then that might bring people into the, the world mm. of podcasts. Points of to people. Yeah, and I think that, that in some cases, podcasts are made by young people for young people. And I think that... Um, it's time to welcome. It's time to welcome the older citizens in, and I hope that the content we provide is we're able to do that, and that we enjoy it. But of course, everybody is welcome. So, get the kettle on, pour yourself a drink, relax, spend some time with us. We're going back in time to World War Two in Glasgow. Um, so, war is declared. What's the next thing that happens then? Well, the next, the next thing that happens is is that all everyone who's involved in the military is called up. That's Territorial Army and Reservists. Of, and all the services, they're all called up immediately. Because uh -huh. because the war, it, the war alone, it started on a, on a single day. It was being reckoned for, for yeah. months and months. Yeah. You know, every, most people, the planners certainly were waiting for it. So, do you it, think it, the population of Glasgow were waiting for it as yes, well? Yes, because they had they had they been digging the, the whole of the UK. They had been digging uh, air raid shelters for a year. Oh, so air raid shelters weren't, weren't suddenly built. I'm sure more were built when the war started, but there had been oh. lots and lots of them built throughout the UK before that. So, did it start then with sort of almost like volunteers then, Stuart, to to join up as well? Yes, yes, they would they would be encouraged to join up. There'd be posters putting up as they did in the Great War to, oh. to get people to join, and a lot of people did join. Yeah, I get the feeling then that even from other documentaries and things that I've seen, some real patriotism then, Stuart. You know, the, I'll, I got the feeling that men were really proud to go and fight for their country. Yes. And there wasn't a sense of, for most, not wanting to. It was a real pleasure, if you like, to do that. Well, it was a, a duty. It was an a duty. For young men, it's always an adventure. They yeah. don't know. They don't know how horrible it's going to be. So they, they would join up for that reason. But it's, it's worth knowing as well that for all that the, the British Empire now has thought is something terrible, in those days it wasn't. Mm -hmm. People were very proud yes. of the empire. And and so we, you know, they would say, "Well, we're throwing a bit in for the empire as well." Yeah. So they were they were very patriotic. Uh -huh. Most people were. If you wouldn't join otherwise, would you? I mean, yeah. why would you join up? But then I guess when conscription came in, mm -hmm. then there is a, the sense that you have to, uh -huh. you have to know. The, the thing about conscription was it was also conscripting people into jobs that people did not like. 
I mean, minors, for instance. Right. I can't. I can't imagine anybody wanting to be a minor. It yeah. seems it's a hard, difficult, and dangerous job. Yeah. So the, some of the conscripts were going down to the mines. And how did they decide, Stuart? Who it was, went where? It was where? just pure, pure luck. It was, you know, literally it was a draw. Uh-huh. Uh, and and see one in every six I was sent down the mines and things like that. Yeah. So so there were men being conscripted into the army uh-huh. and men being conscripted into the coal mines, but also for the, for the war effort as well, the manufacturing uh-huh. as well of um, planes and uh, pieces and yeah, material. Yeah. Uh huh. They, they would be yeah. Uh-huh. And I think from her mum's story that she was, I think, taken out of the job that she was doing and or, or she decided to go she and just work. Left. She left. She left, uh-huh. Well, uh, if you think about it, the, 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 what, she worked for Collins, you know. The, the, oh, she the, worked the, for the, the books, printers, book the book people, publishers, yeah. printers yeah, and publishers. Yeah. Well, the, the demand for, for books would, would drop. You know, yeah, so yeah. and also it was deemed well. You know, books are important, but they're not they're as not important necessary. as the as, as Merlin engines. Yes. So that's where the emphasis would be, and it was the same. You know, she made eng- helped to make engines, but other people were making guns and and weapons and shells and ammunition. All would be f- factory based ah, I mean, type jobs. People were making yeah. uniforms, for instance. I mean, well, of course, you, you never yeah. think of that. People making yeah. boots, bootlaces, all the, everything like that was needed. Yeah. Yeah. My God, I forgot all about that. Because the other thing that happened, I think, quite quickly was um, that, that children were evacuated mm-hmm. to uh, outside of of the city of Glasgow mm-hmm. for fear of bombing. Ah, uh-huh, that's right. Yeah. See, also the people what, what they were really scared of is what happened at the tail end of the Great War. There was terrible things discovered, like gas oh. and poisons. Yeah. You know, yeah. so so that that was a big. People thought, well, you can now deliver it. Before they were they were most in shells and were artillery shells, and then near the end of the war, they they, they were bombed. Yeah. You know, but they yeah. never ever used the diseases that mm-hmm. could be done. It was never done, but but they yes. never knew it was there. Yes, it was yes. chemical warfare. Uh, yeah. Chemical the, uh, warfare in those days. Yes, uh huh. Yeah, oh. it's come up yeah. from from Germany or, or well yeah. from from Germany. Uh, Originally, but the Allies had them as well. They were always really? retaliatory weapons. Yeah, so people had thought, well, if there's planes c- c- come over now, uh, you know, they would they would drop gas, they would drop germs, anything, you know, poisons, anything. You could poison water, for instance. Yeah. What's to stop somebody going up to Mulgai and just throwing a tub of whatever there Some was chemical. in the water and yeah. the whole city's. You know, Doomed, and the thing yeah. is, you don't need to kill a lot of people, but you can scare people. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if the people just left the city, well, the industry stops, doesn't it? I mean, uh-huh. there's, there's a lot of things can happen without killing people, but that was a big, big fear. I thought chemical war- warfare was a new thing. No. I didn't realise it was no. something that was happening then. Uh-huh. So that must have been quite terrifying that then. Was so a big, that was big fear. So that was one of the main reasons that the children were evacuated yes. to these uh-huh. places like... Was for safety. For, for a, safety. A, a combination of things, yeah. but not just for the things that did happen. It was a fear of the other what two things happen. that could happen, which yes. potentially would be more dangerous. Yeah. Kill more people quicker. Yeah. I think that happened quite quickly, didn't it? At the beginning, yes. the beginning of the war. I think, I think we, in 1939 or 1940. Yes, it started, no, yeah. started in 1939 very, yeah. very quickly. Yeah. So the children were were um, evacuated to places like Perthshire. Well, our, our two uncles. Our two uncles were in Rossi, Stuart. Went to Rossi, yeah. Was, I was trying to remember if that was a, a pleasant experience for them. I think or, it was for them. Because they, they, they always went to visit Rossi oh, when they, they came back from... Memories. 
Really? Yeah. Well, they had happy memories about. I mean, women would be the same for everybody. And, and this is something I just learned recently. That you'd think that what they would be taking all the kids throughout the UK, they'd be taken to anywhere, you know, in the country, somewhere like Devon or someplace, yeah. you know, and they'd be taken to halls. Now, how do you think they were put with the people? You know, the kids were in the hall. I'm just asking you. I, I didn't even know I this. I think they were picked. I think they were chosen they were just, by the people. Ah, I think just, I read so that. So the good-looking ones mm. get picked right away. Maybe the ones with the better clothes get picked. So you could be like... How horrible for kids. Just like, as I remember only too well being the last pick for the football team. You, know, if you, you still remember like, that? Oh, I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> but that, oh, and I, yeah. I remember at the time, is that how they did it? Yeah, I, I remember just doing a bit of research for this because I didn't know anything about the war and I thought, how awful for kids uh-huh. not just to be evacuated, to go from one minute to be with your parents and all you've known to be put in with people you've never met no. in your life before. And for some people, as you say, it was not a happy experience. No. And some, some children I know uh, were quite exploited and, and used to oh. work and you know oh. uh God knows so, what other things probably happened as well, but yeah. hopefully it wasn't too many of them. Yeah. You know. And as well as that I found out that people were paid. So they were actually paid to uh-huh. take evacuees. And I think there were a certain amount of people that the government deemed as being the right type of people to take children, maybe if your house was big enough or, oh, that, that or was whatever. Criteria, yeah, yeah. You know, if you were already if you're already a big family and you're a wee house yeah. You're not going to get you're, you're not going to get lumber yeah. with a couple of extra kids. There was also the brothers and sisters, and you know we have to all remember that in those days there was bigger families. Yes, of so course, maybe, of course. Maybe four or five kids was not uncommon yes. of, that, of the age. Yeah. So I think they, they, they tried to get them to go to single families, but I, I know it wasn't. It didn't always work. Sometimes people were split yeah. up, or families were split up. And I, I read as well that for people who were decided that they were the right, you know, they were chosen as being the right type of family within the right circumstances to take an evacuee, if they decided not to, they were they had to pay a fine. Yeah, yeah, I didn't so, know that, Christine. Yeah. So, you know, it was a kind of um, an enticement, I it was suppose. A stick. Yeah. It's clearly a carrot and stick situation. Yeah. But it was, although it sounds to us now quite traumatic <laughs> that children would that would happen, it was was for the greater good. Oh, well, and it was, was. To, uh-huh. it was to try to keep for them the, safe for the as well. Best of reasons. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would like to think how how that could have possibly uh, be done nowadays. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> um but then again I did read that uh, nearly all the kids went back. So they went yes. away in 1939 when war was declared quite quickly. But then I think I said I think it said January 1940. Uh-huh. They were all Most half of them, them went back. Were back. Nothing had, the war actually the only place that was fighting there was no war essentially there was no conflict going on apart from the sea war which obviously did not involve you know did, it did not involve bombings uh, or it didn't involve uh, planes civilians and, yeah, you know, yeah. so nothing happened. As far as 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 a war on land until May 1940, and even then, after after Europe was was taken by the Germans, nothing. They, they, they were, the, the Luftwaffe came over, but they were basically trying to beat the RAF, and you know, so that they could outskill so them. They could, you know, they tried to wipe them off, yeah, wipe them, because yeah. they could never compete with the Royal Navy. Yeah. They had nothing like as many planes as, mm. as, as ships, ships in the Royal Navy, so they had to beat the RAF. Uh-huh. And so they concentrated on that, and then they didn't win. So they sort of gave up and thought, right, okay, we'll start bombing. And they started bombing London. Yes. And so basically, the, the kids were then re-evacuated. 
Yeah, so the ones that had come back had yes, to. And, and, and was more. that the same in Glasgow as well, yes, Stuart? Yes, the same. Was it the, the same? The whole, even Belfast got bombed. You, know, you, yeah. think, you think Belfast too far away. Aberdeen got bombed. Yes. You know, there was yeah. planes from Norway came over and, and bombed mm-hmm. them. So every city was potentially, you know, potentially under under fire. Yeah. And London got bombed something like oh, every night for, yeah. for, I don't know how many, hundreds of days. Yeah. Every yeah. night. Yeah. You know, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was also looking at the, um, the the people who were exempt from from fighting, the people mm-hmm. um, uh, who had jobs that, that that they didn't have to they didn't have uh-huh. to join up, and those were uh, people in the police and medical, obviously anybody in a hospital, prison officers, and and I was interested to know why the Northern Irish people were exempt, and uh-huh. uh, maybe you would explain it was through uh-huh. the sectarianism. Uh-huh. You said they maybe weren't trusted or. Well, maybe you know they would maybe cause more grief. Mm-hmm. It's not to say, well, but they could still volunteer, but uh-huh. they weren't going to conscript people who wanted nothing to do with the crown. Yeah, or, of course, of course, or, and that would be very much the, the case. British then. Empire, they did yeah. not want them. Yeah. They, if they wanted to join up, well, that's a different matter. But they were not going to force them to join anything. Yeah, and then of course there were students, there was ministers and priests. Well, they, more they, important they, than the ministers and the priests were the farm workers. Yeah. You know, ship, shipbuild workers, shipbuilding yes. industry yes. workers, yes. people, Farmers, work, who, that's right, people yeah. who made trains. Yes. Not a heavy industry that went uh-huh. that was going in those days, uh-huh. but they still joined up. Uh-huh. And again, a lot of people in the in miners, they, them especially joined up, and that's why they had to be conscripted. And then women were conscripted. I, I don't know that, I've got to say, I don't know that they were conscripted. They might have just volunteered to do that, to do to join the land army, the, the women's land s- army. There were certain types, um, a certain um, criteria for women. Mm-hmm. You had to be unmarried, and you had to be within a certain age, and uh-huh. you had to be without children. Right. But they were called up to. I well, do remember they were, that. They were yeah, I think it was uh, age twenty to thirty-one. It was quite a, a small, uh-huh. quite a young age group. Um, but I wasn't. I wasn't in my mind. I couldn't figure out how how big a, a the population that that would be. Mm-hmm. You know, but 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 so I guess it just quite, was everybody. Quite a lot. Yeah, <laughs> and then you were also talking about the amount of of uh, sort of foreign people there would be in yes. Glasgow at that time. Uh-huh. Again, throughout the UK, but Glasgow being a hub, Glasgow being a much bigger, it, it was literally much much bigger population wise than it is now. Uh-huh. It was yeah. obviously a lot more important because of the amount of industries mm-hmm. that were happening in Glasgow. I mean, when we lived in Springburn, there was three and back in the sixties, there was three huge rail yards. That's all making, uh, you know, engines. Was that the one called the Calais, Stuart? It was a Calais, St Rollocks and Cowlairs. Of course, I remember uh, them all. And, and, and that, I think I've got that right. I that is right. It was that long ago. Yeah. But I mean, there were these huge, huge heavy industries yeah. that, that, that were happening in Glasgow. So they, so with that happening, and also there was there was French soldiers, Belgian soldiers, Norwegians, Czechs. What were they doing here, Stuart? Were, well, they, they, were just just ended here well, they, they were just ended up here? They would just be brought Escaping here. Escaping as had, the war continued uh-huh. in Europe, they would just they escape would, they, to countries where the war wasn't so... Well, there wasn't any. Yeah. Basically, there wasn't many. I, I mean, there was a couple of countries. There were there was Spain and Portugal, which were neutral, but... You know, they were both poverty-stricken countries. I mean, it's obviously safer there than it would be under Nazi occupation, but it's not an attraction to go yeah. there. And Sweden, as I said, Sweden was neutral. I don't think they let many people in. I don't know if they took evacuees, yeah. but it would be very, very difficult to get there. So yes, across yes. the channel is where people get. Yeah. So it was these mostly soldiers. Uh-huh. And I, so would they join the British contingent? They would have the, yes, yeah. they did. And, and yeah. they would, 
the ones that wanted to, some didn't. A lot of friends get repatriated. Oh, <laughs> you wouldn't yeah. believe they would do that, but they yeah. wanted back to their families. Right. But they were immediately conscripted into and war work, work for the Germans. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mostly in Germany, yeah. Yeah. so it really wasn't a clever idea to go back. But who knows what pressure they put, what the Germans put on them, yeah. or their families, to bring I, them I back. Just don't, to, to, to get them to come back, yeah. And of course, there was the conscientious objectors, Stuart, as well. Uh -huh. yeah. And um, and you were sort of telling me about the different types of conscientious yes, objectors. There was, there was there was people who would who would, who who they just didn't want to kill anybody. Uh -huh. You know that, that that was a thing. They did not want to kill anybody, but they would do other work in the military. They, they would do, uh, you know, admin admin work. They would do all sorts of things that that, that didn't put a weapon in their hand. And others would would you know, be very very brave. They would be uh, they would be. Uh, unarmed people that would work uh, doing, you know, doing first aid, medics, yes, you know, medics. people at medics and yes. things like that. Uh -huh. But there were others who were more extreme and would have nothing to do with, with anything war. military, right. nothing at all. When they could attribute right. anything to it, right. so I think they they might have been dealt quite harshly. Yes. So and, and I, maybe even in prisons too. Yes, some some certainly were. Uh, yeah. But I think I think it was kind of given up. I, I thought, well, it, what is the point in putting them in prison? You know, just let them go. I was trying to think how they would be dealt with by Glaswegians, you know, as, as you know, people, you know. Hard. They were daft enough to tell anybody. Yeah, people, out with their own circle, yeah. I don't think they'd be treated very well. In any know. any country, in any country, no. because I, I do think that patriotism was really a was much a big bigger thing, thing then, mm -hmm. much yeah. so, very much so. Of course, there was also the rationing during uh -huh. the war, uh, Stuart, as well, and I was having a wee look at the, the types of things that, that people... Um, we're, we're, I was actually looking at the things that were not oh. rationed as well, which, which was, let, let's have a wee look at my wee, uh, my wee list here. Let's have a look at one of my lists here. <laughs> of course, it's got to be the one at the back, hasn't it? So, um, yeah, so what was rationed was that everybody, for each person, they got an egg every week, two ounces of tea and butter. One ounce of cheese. I mean, that's tiny, isn't it? An ounce of cheese, quite small. Um, eight ounces of sugar, four ounces of bacon, and uh, four ounces of margarine. And everybody had their own ration book, uh -huh. which they had to um, they had to to go to a retailer and kind of give give them the ration book or say I'll be sort of I'll be coming to you for my rations. No, I think you just kept it with you so Did you, you could buy them and. You had to register. Shop. I put here you had to register with a local shop. Oh, did you? Oh, yes, yeah, so there you go. The only thing that wasn't rationed were fresh vegetables, fruit, fish and bread. Rabbits. Rabbits. And chickens. Right. Weren't rationed. Right. So you could have as many of these as you like. And right. pigeons. Probably any bird that you could kill. Oh, fucking don't <laughs> tell me people were eating pigeons. Oh, I. Oh, oh, for Pigeon fuck's pie sake. is supposed to be quite nice. Really? I would have a wee go at that. Huh? Oh, for fuck's sake. That makes me think about one time when I was in London and we were, they were the, the outside of the, the wind... Um, the, the outside of the windows had to be cleaned because there was a lot of Aye. pigeon dropping and the man came looked like somebody stepped out of a spaceship. Because it's so toxic, aye, that, you know, sweet, and I thought, and so to be eating an animal that is, that, oh, I don't know. I suppose, how can I possibly judge? I wasn't there at the time, so wiring. <laughs> and of course, I made a wee note here that actually rationing continued up to 1954. Aye, right, and meat was the last thing to be, right, meat was the last thing to be rationed. I always thought it was sweets, but there you go. Yeah. There you go. So... 
You mentioned earlier about the air raid shelters, uh-huh. Stuart. So how did that work? Was there one per street, one per house, I or just, how I, did? I think they would try and get they would they would you know they count the people in an area yeah. and, and within that area try and build a as many as, as were needed could, that would that would, that would allow all the people capacity. Yeah. And I remember again in Springburn where we lived, and the other side of that that wee park behind us in Peters Hill Road mm-hmm. down towards Hyde Park School, yeah. there was still lots and lots of them still there God, in yeah. the early 60s. Because yeah. I mean, there was the big boys used to climb into them and you think, Jesus Christ. Why? What were they we, made of, Stuart? Uh, well, they were earth. They were, they were brick, brick structures covered with earth because earth absorbs explosions, but also ah. absorb maybe even the bomb might hit it. It might deflect it, but it might it might go off and absorb the blast really well, mm-hmm. and it might absorb it so well that it didn't go off. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that's they were they had they were brick structures covered in earth. So I suppose I also meant that I mean, if you I, I wanted to come on to talk about restrictions as well, but I suppose if you were out or let's say you were going to your work and a siren went off and that would tell you that you had to go and the nearest shelter. The nearest shelter. So even although they were built, they would have been built for capacity for the people living there, it yeah. would also be people that were walking by or going of to work course. or whatever that could also just go to the and, nearest and in one. in areas as well, Kristen, you know, in the centre of the city, you know, not, not many people live so they would have to build shelters that you know that, that would that would that would encompass workers yeah. who were there during the day. Most of the bombs came at night. Yes, yes. Because the Luftwaffe stopped bombing during the day quite quickly because they were getting shot out of the skies. Right. But at night it was very, very difficult to hit them. Yeah. Yeah. So the other thing that people had to contend with were blackouts. Mm-hmm. So I remember my mum talking about the blackouts and I was trying to think to myself, would would everybody be given some material or something, Stuart, do they you must think? must have been, Christina. Because yeah. they, they, and they had they to cover poor. all their windows, uh-huh. didn't they, Stuart? Uh-huh. Yeah. And the cars as well. Cars just had, I think they were painted, the, the, the lights were painted, so there was just a wee strip, uh-huh. a wee horizontal strip. So I might, you know, but the thing about that was there wasn't many cars on the road because yeah. petrol was, I mean, I don't think an people ordinary wouldn't person have cars, would, would, would be allowed to use their car. Yeah, but you know, would people have cars in those well, days? Well, people too? would have cars, yeah. aye. Not a yeah, lot of people. Not a lot, yeah. But uh-huh. a lot of the cars that, yeah. that, that existed were either donated, got conscripted, or just put in a garage and left for a yeah. few years because yeah. you, you wouldn't get fuel easily at all. I remember mum telling me that when she was doing her night shifts or finishing her night shifts and she would be coming out of where she was working and every person had a small torch, uh-huh. and but she had to shine the torch on, on the, the ground, ground. she Aye. couldn't shine it up. And I thought to myself, it's hard for us to imagine in this day and age that there just would be the whole the whole city in darkness, in blackness. In blackness. It's, I, I can't imagine what that must what yeah. that must be like. I think I can only think it must have been quite frightening. And no lights, no lights coming no. from anywhere no. at all. I mean, how the hell did you find your way home? It must have been like using your memory. Well, I think people would be used to walking in those days, Christine. You yeah. know, and you would you would go off at the same place. And would there be buses, for example? Buses. Sure. Yeah. You mean you need to get the bus out to where she worked? Was it Hillington? Oh God, place? was it well, Hillington? You couldn't yeah. walk to Hillington. No, no. Put out head. Uh huh. So there would be buses, maybe even the trains as well. So mm. you, I think you would be in, in a total routine. Uh huh. So you would just walk from where you always walked to the station that you always took. Mm. What kind of other restrictions would there have been as well, Stuart, for for people? You know, living an ordinary life. Well, it's travel would be the biggest one, Christine. Yeah. You know, people who could have afforded, you know, wee journeys here and there. 
uh, could you know there, there was, I don't think there was a lot of services going to places. Having, but having said that, the, the troops had to get moved around and about. But a, a lot of uh, the Clyde, for instance, was completely restricted. Uh-huh. Only those who lived there were allowed to travel there. And uh-huh. a few people were, were turfed out, uh-huh. put to separate places because it was just a military area. Mm-hmm. And where I live now in, in the Tynabrook area was absolutely military. Oh, really? And, uh-huh, yeah. Absolutely, aye. In what sense? Well, it was, it was all being trained. It was, it was constant. Oh, right. I mean, there's people at the American Rangers, they, they're like commandos. Uh-huh. And, and, and the British commandos, all sorts of people there. All sorts of very, very scary people there. And it was it was kind at of, that time, Stuart. Yes. Yeah. And it was like a lot of poles there. You know, oh, there was right. some of the Polish the, the, what was it called? It was the, the Polish Freedom Free Polish. The Free mm-hmm. Polish Army would be there. And be the same with Czechs and mm-hmm. God knows who else. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. The Canadians. So uh-huh. I mean Scotland's got a lot of space and Glasgow's got a lot of space quite near it. Mm-hmm. So there'll be lots and lots of camps and, and, God. and barracks. God, that's amazing. I never thought about that. Yeah. I did read though that for for, for people being conscripted conscripted into the army, that they got about six months of training if they had no training oh, I, at I all. Mean, it, so there it, was training it, it, on how to be at arms oh, and stuff I mean, like it was, that. It was the, I mean, that, the, the thing about the, about the British Army being cannon fodder, isn't it true? I mean, a lot in the Great War, a lot of people were killed unnecessarily, but they, you know, but through through poor decisions. But it was never a case of, that you could you could join up in the next week you were fighting uh-huh. because and, and again I'm just going back to the Great War to use as an example. There was somebody really, and then the you know it's just like nineteen. 16 or something. This, this guy was a famous film actor, American film actor. Americans, Americans weren't, weren't at war till another year. So uh-huh. he wanted to join up. So he came over and he tried to join the British Army. And and, and he said, well, I, how, when can I go into action? And he said, well, it's maybe seven or eight months. <laughs> what? I don't want to wait that long. And he joined the French Army. Oh. And I think within two weeks, he was in the front line with an artillery squad. Within wow. two weeks. So the British <gasps> Army trained them. So by the time the Second World War came, largely they had they, had, they decided not to make the same mistakes. So people were even better trained yeah. and were not put at the same uh-huh. risk yeah. as easily as they were 25 yeah. years ago. And maybe more competent soldiers as well. I'm just thinking, actually, the guy was like a man called Ernest Hemingway. Oh, he wasn't yeah. A film star at all. He's a he was writer. A writer. Yeah, he was a yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And he he later, when the Americans joined, the Americans joined the war. He was he he, he revolunteered in the American army. And he was an officer quite quickly, but it just shows you the difference between the two two armies. Yeah, I was quite surprised at that. That and then I thought, well, why would you be surprised? People have to be trained. If they go, anybody starting any new job, whether uh-huh. you're working in a working in the army or not, you have to have some kind of training, especially when you're handling weapons and uh-huh. stuff like that. The biggest thing is discipline. Discipline, to, yeah. to do what you're told, uh, with it, obviously within reason, but to do what you're told and do it right away mm-hmm. and don't argue. Mm-hmm. Just go on with it and do it. And f- for the most part, it's, it's really the only way to do it. Yeah. You can't, mm-hmm. even, you can't even do simple things like moving people. Uh-huh. How do you move 100 men uh-huh. or 1,000 men if you don't have any discipline? Yeah. You know, you get stragglers, you get folk walk along the road, you just woof, march, and you'd be there in no time at all. Stop, mm-hmm. dismiss, go this, you're going here, you're going there. Uh-huh. And we've done in a, in a fraction of the time if mm-hmm. they had to be properly trained. Yeah. And, and of course, there's a weapons, the serious mm-hmm. stuff. And were the women, were there women soldiers, too? Yes, there were, but they didn't fight in the front line. Right. That, that, uh, that's only quite a recent thing uh-huh. in the British Army. And even then. So, what kind I of thing would the women be doing then, Stuart? What kind uh, of... Well, they'd be doing administrative stuff. 
Oh, I see. Like so the, no the, fighting is no, at all. No, no. Like the wrens, the wrens were the, 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 the women's... What did the wrens do, Stuart? They were in the, na the naval service. Oh, the naval. And they did an admin. And they f they were famously involved in the quite, quite a lot of communications. You know, the, the radio operators and things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But they weren't allowed to go to go on the boats. Uh-huh. Right. OK. And, and sorry, and the RAF had the women's wafts that were called. Oh, yeah, they that's right. They did the similar right. thing. Right. So the other thing that women get involved into was the women's land army, the women uh -huh. that were that were that were here, and I was wondering in Glasgow how that how that would have helped. Would would they have would they? Have, I, I read that they would probably were going out to do some labouring jobs and stuff like that because a lot of the farmers were exempt, I mean, but I, a lot I, of the labourers would up. be going. Uh -huh. I, a lot would of have the joined. same as again go back to the miners, yeah, and also so other jobs that were really difficult jobs. Mm -hmm. I mean. I'm getting back to the miners because I've got sympathy for them, but yeah. a lot of areas that these were the only jobs available. Uh -huh. Places in Fife and Ayrshire, there was nothing else. So boys went down the pit. So suddenly you get a chance to maybe even make more money in the army. I don't know. Get suddenly some fresh air. Yeah. You're better fed. Travel the world. Yeah. Bit of yeah. adventure. Who yeah. knows what might you might happen to you? Yeah. So quite a lot of them would join up. Yeah. So the women went out to replace the men. Replace the men, uh -huh. and uh, and I think there are stories that say that they really liked it and they really enjoyed getting involved. And I, I, I thought, it seems quite superficial, but I, I, when I, I saw something in the telly quite recently about the wrens, you uh -huh. know, and this just coming to light that some of the great work they did, a lot of women joined up for the uniforms. Oh. And, and oh I'll, my God! I, really? Honestly, I? Yes, I. Because <laughs> you got letters saying, "Women, you know, what, what you what like? What do you get? What do you get? Do you, you know, and, <laughs> what and are the shoes like? The, the tights. They get these the tights, and then they get shoes, and and, and and the land army was as well. And it was a good thing because everybody wore the same stuff. Uh -huh. You get people for you know really rich women, don't you? You know working class women, but they all were issued their clothes, and they all wore the same clothes. Yeah. And see that the women that were in the land army, we, they would be there for the whole of the war then, Stuart? I don't uh, know how. I, uh, I would imagine because yeah. still nothing changed as far as they always needed fruit, fruit vegetables and, and meat. Yeah. They did everything. They, they were yeah. just basically farm workers. Yeah. And I, and I mean, looking forward, I think there was a, a real kind of uh, issue when the men come back wanted their job and the women didn't want to. Give up uh, their jobs and they, they were all, they a lot of them were dumped. You know, they yeah, were dumped. Yeah. I, I know, and again, you compare the two wars and the Great War. When the war ended, the, when the Great War ended, the, the more or less, uh, the, you know, they demobilised immediately. Uh -huh. And so all, all these guys, they would get some money and they would just, you know, you'd go home and they'd be dead. They'd be delighted to get out of it, which yeah. was a terrible yeah. experience for nearly yeah. them all. Yeah. Uh, but so they all just landed back in the UK at the same time. Right. And a lot of them didn't get their jobs or their jobs didn't exist anymore. Because right. there was even, you know, technological advances then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so they didn't have, but, but when the Second World War ended, they, they demob people and, and, and grades. They would right. say, well, what do we do now? You know, ah, right, we need, right, we right. need farm workers, we need right. miners, we need whatever right. it is we need. And so we'll locomotive workers, we would let them off, we would let them, we'd demob them earlier. Uh -huh. And so, and again, apparently it was quite successful. Mm -hmm. But there was some planning involved in it, as opposed to just saying, that's it, you all get a suit, you get some money, and then there's a yeah. ticket to go home. You can imagine, though, that the women having taken on quite stoic jobs and making a real difference to the community with their work, and so different from what they had ever done mm -hmm. before would be 
maybe quite disappointed though yes. that that came to an and, end and, and, they, to be as and well. they went back to Glasgow to do what? I mean, women in those days were really housewives, uh-huh. were they not? I mean, Her women did not work. Yeah. Seriously, I mean, it was that, that was that was like you were told, this is this is what you're you know obviously to do to be as good a person as you can, but your chances of of doing well in the world come down to who you marry. And I think as well, you needed to be a virgin in those days as well, Stuart. Did you not? <laughs> Well, I don't know, obviously, but I would, I would definitely think so. I mean, I know that, I know that in the Arab world, if you're not, you get fucking sent back. I mean, I don't know if that's that's the case, but I think that's kind of a bit more like how morality was then, wasn't it? I think morality. Because if you think there's every chance you're going to be dead tomorrow, you think, well, you know, maybe live a kind of looser life and grab as much. Uh, fun and enjoyment as I can get. Get my whole now while there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> I'd imagine working for 12 hours in some factory, riveting. Or, 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 That's very, <laughs> it's very <laughs> true, isn't it? <laughs> Being a welder on a fucking top of a boat in January, yeah, I think I'd be looking for as much fun as I could get, you know, I, I with think... some American guy who'd a few quid to spend. <laughs> Give you a cake and a pair of nylons or oh, something. Oh, that's enough. Come on, rub this close. <laughs> Come, Come on. on. That's me, that's me. Aye, aye. <laughs> Your, luck, your luck's enough. in now, your luck's in, that's enough. So then I was kind of thinking about, um, I don't remember much more about our mum's story except for sort of where she was working. Um, I don't remember much more than that, really, um, about how her life was. Six, it was just six, 12 hours in a week. Yeah, yeah. And probably be Sunday. Did she, did she go to the dancing, Stuart? Was aye, the dancing still aye, on? Did, so aye, the dancing. Well, plenty, of, plenty of men to dance with. Aye. And yeah. the, the pictures and all that, that was, I'm going that to come a, to that in a minute, that, that was still kind of up, up and running as well. What about what about our dad? Because I don't remember any of his own experiences <laughs> well, in the war. He he was in the TA. Oh, was he? Right? Uh-huh. And, he, and, they, and they knew there was going to be a war. He told mm-hmm. me that. He says, there they, they was just a question of when it was going to be. And But he went and his, his two-week trip, the, the two-week, you know, that he had to do in the TA, uh, and they, they went to, what was it they went to? They went to... Uh, well, the fourth road bridge. What's, what was the name of the place where the fourth road bridge is? Uh, the wee village. Can't remember. It doesn't matter. Anyway, they were sent there, and then he says at the end of the two weeks, the war came, oh, and he says that was him gone. That's why he, he right. joked. It was the longest two-week camp in the world that lasted right, six years. Right, right. And where was he posted to, Stuart? He was he, he, in England. He was in England for most of the time. Was he? And it, luckily for him, he wasn't in the BEF. Uh-huh. That, that was that was What's a force that? Of, that the British uh, British expeditionary force. They oh. were the ones that, that ended up back in Dunkirk again. Uh-huh. So it wasn't with them. But, but he spent time in Egypt, Stuart. Yeah, he, he was didn't in, he? in uh, Greece. In Greece. In Greece and a few of the Arab countries. And a few because he uh, he definitely came back he's with Italy all... as well. Because oh, right. I remember his, his medals. He had the Italian star. Oh he, right. He had the, the uh-huh. African star. Right. Uh, and quite a few other uh-huh. ones, medals. Right? Yeah. I just remember his kind of brought back a bit of his um, love for Egypt and, and and that kind of lifestyle with his dates. You I remember say, he used I, to he used to have dates, and we never dates. nobody. If you ever said to people what dates were, they just didn't know. No. That 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 was just sort sort of a his thing. But um, but Glasgow was quite badly bombed, was it not, Stuart? Or fairly, it, it, it was, Clyde I'm, Bank. I'm saying yeah, but it, it wasn't it to the same degree as London. As cities in England. Yeah. Oh, I see. Cities generally are like Birmingham, well, Manchester. It was, it was just it was, it was closer. Yes. I mean, it all yes. comes down to how 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 easy it is to bomb a lot of people quickly. And with at least lost to us, uh-huh. so the further you go 
Uh -huh. the, you know, the lesser bombs you can drop, uh, and there's more danger for the people that are dropping them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But Glasgow was bombed. It was, you know, I think, relatively uh, regularly, but not not to the same degree as a lot of the English cities who were plastered time after time. Yeah. London, especially. Yeah. So I just read that that Clyde Bank was kind of chosen for obvious reasons. Ah, for obvious reasons if you were going to bomb anywhere in and around Glasgow, and ah. that that one night six hundred and fifty people were killed in a raid in nineteen forty one. Ah. So you know, um, I suppose it, it frightens people as well, doesn't it? Do you know? I'm going to tell you a quick story about that. I went to work. Uh, I, I used to work in the Kitchener Herald, and I remember went over to work on the group of papers. Uh, I. The, sorry, the Falkirk Herald, that, that, the Johnson Group, we did about seven papers. Anyway, I went to work and for a, a few papers in Kirkintilloch, one of them being the Kirkintilloch Herald, and that was 1981. And one of the first stories, I was a typesetter, one of the first stories I typeset was that there was a bomber with a two-man crew, a German bomber, found in the Campses in 1981 that oh. nobody knew was there. You, you find that hard to believe, nobody knew it was there. And uh, they found them, found the crew, identified the crew, buried them, full military honours, and the parents came over. My God. I think, well, the parents How must strange. have been a That's 40 years later. 40 years later. Aye, so the God parents must see. have been a, a serious age by then. Wow. Yeah. So, the, talking about that, the, I, was, I, was, I was reading about how, how the Germans, what they thought of the Scottish soldiers. Mm -hmm and how they called them blood, bloodthirsty savages. Mm -hmm. That's what I read. And, and how they were called devils in skirts mm -hmm. because a lot of them would be wearing kilts. Mm -hmm, that's right. Did yeah. you say they were quite frightened, Stuart, of this? They were frightened. I, I, it was one of the things that the, the Scottish soldiers played up and because it works. Yes. If you can strike terror into somebody. And how do you think they did that? How do you think well, they... Well, I think they were quite fierce people. You know? yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I think we are. Very, we are. Soldiers are no very sophisticated people, you know. <laughs> and, and, you know, given a bit of encouragement they yeah. did very very well at that yeah. Scottish infantrymen yeah you know? so I mean you know Germans I think are more controlled people yes you know yes, and, yes. and calm and we're a bit the, more emotional for all the terrible things that happened then that makes it even worse almost when you're calm and controlled for I some of the think. things that happened so um, so I was thinking about how people socialised and how they uh, how they spent their time, you know, in the nine, you know, while the war was going on. What were ordinary people doing? Um, and I think the only thing they could do was uh, was the wireless in, in their home. That was all the uh, that was all that was available for them to kind of crowd around the wireless and listen to news. And but there would have been programmes, I suppose, on in the wireless. I, okay, I don't I mean, know what they were. Programmes and yeah. news programmes and uh -huh. music and. Uh -huh. Huge variation, but you know yeah. the, the biggest thing in Glasgow was the cinema and yes. dancing. Yes, dancing was yeah. a big, big yeah. deal, and the cinema was really, really cheap. Yeah, yeah. But of course, the other thing was that, and I Football. remember my granny doing this, was how the women used to lean out their windows. Like that, like pillow. that, with a pillow. Aye. <laughs> right, that makes sense. Because they were there for fucking hours. <laughs> so they probably needed a pillow and they would there. And they would be talking down to people in the street ah. and people would be shouting up to them. And sometimes to people across or, oh, Agnes. You know, there was quite a, 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 a kind of, could be quite a community of people Aye. all talking from the window so Aye. and that could go on for hours i mean women Aye. could just uh, you know sit there at that windowsill and talk forever and ever and ever 
So I think that was the kind of Facebook at the well, time, maybe. I, I don't know if I told you this before. I was, uh, years later, in the 1950s, that existed, because I could remember it. But I remember there was a guy who worked with called Alec Tennant, and he was a compositor the same as me. And uh, he, he, whatever he worked, the print factory he worked, they had a power cut. So it just still gets sent. Oh, well, sorry, he worked night shift, so they get a power cut about two in the morning. So I, I, Alec lived in Bridgeton, and you know, in, in those days, people generally worked. You know, uh -huh, so and there was, yeah. wasn't like any noise in it. So he deliberately was really quiet, walking up the street, you know, and getting to where he and going up the close and just going and going to his bed. And the next day, somebody says to his mother, "I've been okay with Alec. I saw him coming up. <laughs> Come in, there's left. going what? How is that possible? Somebody was singing at the window, looking. <laughs> so there weren't many secrets in those days. <laughs> That's a good story. But as well as that, of course, the dance halls were still open uh -huh. in Glasgow. Probably were in all big, all oh, cities, yeah. Stuart. Uh, and, and the, and the theatres as well. Theatres were, were really popular as well. The and the football was open, although uh, this that was stopped. All of those things were stopped uh -huh. at the beginning and then restarted right. again. Um, and I was reading that the football pitches had were only had 50% capacity because they had to work with what was available with the, the air raid shelters. So they could only take as many people that's as could get into the to the area. That's just that, something that. I, that uh -huh. But in um, in fact, I read that in 1920, Glasgow was called Cinema City because mm -hmm. it had 160 picture houses in it, which for the you know for the and considering all the population was condensed more or less into the city centre, was it not? I well, mean, I went as far north as Springburn and, I, you know, went, you mm -hmm. know, east and west, but uh -huh. nothing like the size of it now. No, no, About three yeah. times the population mm -hmm. that it is now. So it was a big thing going to the pictures, wasn't it? Right yeah. up into the 50s and 60s, I remember our yeah. mum and Auntie yeah. Joan going to the pictures every three, week. Three times a um, week. And so I thought I would maybe... Um, we could maybe look back at some of the things that were really popular then in the 40s. I think the one thing that I, 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 I even remember myself from, from the 50s and early 60s is how important cowboy films were. Cowboy films and Indians, which we can't really say now, they're called Native <laughs> people, but cowboys and Indians and kids going about with bows and arrows. And cowboy suits. And cowboys and these wee cowboy suits that you could buy from Woolworths. And the women had cowgirl. The girls had the cowgirl. It was a big, big thing, cowboys and Indians. So here are some of the favourite films of the 40s. Bambi, Casablanca, Pinocchio. But by far the most popular and the most financially successful was Gone with the Wind, without a question. And some of the best-known film stars were Rita Hayworth, Judy Garland, John Wayne, Ingrid Bergman, Bergman, Catherine Hepburn, Spencer Tracy, and I have to give a mention to Robert Taylor because <laughs> that was my mum's favourite man. And you said what, Stuart? Who turned it to be turned it to be? She would she would turn, turn in her grave if she, if, she, if, she, if, she ever, if she ever knew that. But as well as the as the as the movies or films as they were called, there was always also what's called a movie tone reel. Ah, the news. And that was Aye. the news for people because obviously there was no tellies and things like that then. And and so you were able to see the news. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously you just would be depending on the wireless if you were at home. So there was no visual thing. So with movie tone, you would see clips of you know what was going on probably in the war as Aye. well, I would imagine. There was uh, oh, just bringing you up to date with the disasters, sports, politics, all the things uh, that, that were going on. Um, so that was probably the most popular leisure that was 
available to all, even to children. Because newspapers it is cheap. as well, Christine. Right, okay. Newspapers were a big, big thing then, although yeah. a lot of them were heavily censored. Yes. But, uh, most people read the newspapers. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, so I think we're just going to... We're just going to stop that episode there. And uh, we're only kind of halfway through World War Two. There's still more. There's still uh, more to come. Yeah. More people uh-huh. to kill. Yeah. More people to Well, just actually mo- most of what's ha- going to happen in the next episode is about people and what they were doing and how they lived and what how they, where did they shop? And just to give uh, people a feel of how life was, what was life like for ordinary Glaswegians in the 1940s. So... So we'll say goodbye just now, me and Stuart, and we'll see you on episode two.